It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. This is the Fox News Rundown Extra. I'm Dave Anthony. Today, a Republican senator, Roger Marshall from Kansas, who's rooting for the Chiefs this weekend in the AFC Championship game, but that's not what we talked about, at least formally. We might have spoken a bit about football before we started rolling the tape, but once we did, we got much more serious. Discussing the situation at the border, as talks continue in the Senate trying to work out policy changes to stop what Republicans call an invasion, a record surge of illegal immigration. We also talked about COVID, which, as you'll hear, is a more personal issue for the senator now as Congress keeps investigating COVID's origins in China. And we also talked about the 2024 White House race. Senator Marshall is a Trump supporter, but Nikki Haley is not giving up, as some Republicans want, holding rallies this weekend in South Carolina, where Haley used to be governor, and where the next contested GOP primary is next month on February 24th, three weeks after Democrats hold their first primary in South Carolina. All right, so with all that to discuss, our conversation with the senator was too long to fit entirely into our rundown podcast on Thursday, but it is a perfect fit for our weekend extra. So thank you for being here. We urge you to come back for more. You know, there's something new from the rundown every day. And now Senator Roger Marshall on the Fox News Rundown Extra. Joining us again on the Fox News Rundown is Senator Roger Marshall, a Republican from Kansas. And we have a lot of issues to get to, but we're going to begin with the Republican Party. We've had now two contests in the 2024 White House race, and former President Trump has won both with a record number in Iowa, and then he won New Hampshire for a third time as he beat Nikki Haley by about 11 points in the primary on Tuesday. Senator, first of all, thank you for being with us. You, you bet, Dave. Yeah, I'm excited to be with you. And just to jump to that New Hampshire primary, I think it wasn't just that President Trump won. I think it's the margin of victory. As you mentioned, it was 11 points. And this is in a, in a state where you probably know the numbers. I'm not the political scientist, but I, goodness, are half the people there independents? So a large number of Democrats uh, flipped so they could vote in this primary against Donald Trump and, and a, a lot of moderate leaning left moderates were voting there as well. And despite all that, Donald Trump still wins by 12 points. I think there's just really no path to victory for Nikki Haley. I think it's time for us to get united behind Donald Trump and let him spend time, money, and energy taking on the White House and making a big change in the White House because, boy, we desperately need it with, uh, goodness, 10 million people coming across the border illegally under Joe Biden. We desperately need a change in the White House. Now, some media coverage of what the former president said in his victory speech, that he was kind of sinister, that he was kind of a bully, uh, saying what he said about Nikki Haley, that she, you know, her her speech that made it sound like she was declaring victory, and he you know, said, I don't get angry, I get even, and things like that. Why is it that 
Nikki Haley has to drop out. We've only had two contests. We have South Carolina in a month, and 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 we have you know like a, a you know sixteen contests coming up in, in in early March. Why do we have to have unity now? Yeah, I think that's a great point. I, I think number one is her staying in the race. I think will continue to at least get some media attention on South Carolina. And when President Trump wins South Carolina by I don't know what's the up now there thirty or forty points. It's uh, I think it's good. to it's, So the good news is it's going to keep it on the national stage. Once she drops out, then we won't hear much about these Republican primaries until, I suppose, August again. So she doesn't have to. It's her it's her uh, freedom. I, I do think that at, at some point in time, though, we would save a lot of time, money and energy if the Republicans could focus all their energy on the real problem. And that's in the White House. Now, former President Trump continues to have a lot of legal issues. You know, he has four criminal trials that are looming. He's dealing with a civil defamation case in New York in court testifying this week. Any of that concern you as a fellow Republican that what if something goes wrong for him legally? Yeah. You know, my dad was a police officer for 25 years, chief of police, and he always talked about equal application of the law didn't care what your last name was or who your parents were, what side of the railroad track, he was going to apply the law equally. And I think when Americans see what the threat to democracy that Joe Biden is, this is one of the threats that his Justice Department does not apply the law equally. So this just emboldens Donald Trump supporters. This is why he's going to have a record turnout of people showing up for that election in November, because every time this is in the news, it just motivates those voters all the more so. So this has backfired on Joe Biden and the Democrats and the, the Democrat leadership. So bring bring it on. This guy's an incredible fighter. I think that's why my, my mom was one of the people out there that was he she doesn't like his tweets, doesn't like some of his tone. You know, we're from Kansas. Those New Yorkers a little bit brash. But after the first Republican debate, she said to me, Donald Trump is the only person on that stage that's going to fight for us and can disrupt the swamp. So I, I think we're just seeing that played out over and over across America. Precise, personal, powerful. It's America's weather team in the palm of your hands. Get Fox weather updates throughout your busy day, every day. Subscribe and listen now at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you put no value in the allegations, Senator? I mean, not the classified documents case, 2020 election, his challenges, the Capitol riot. Do you, do you, do you put any, any thought into the allegations or no? You know, my, my hesitancy is, is not much. Uh, I, I think that it has been a witch hunt. I think it's an equal application of the law. I'm disgusted that the far left media only tells parts of the story, bits and parts of the story. All they've got to run on uh, is really is this concept that threats that Donald Trump's the threat to democracy. But in reality, Joe Biden is the threat to democracy. Look, when you have an open border, when you have if you don't apply the law equally, if you have lawlessness, cashless bail, 300 Americans dying every day from fentanyl poisoning. That's the true threat to democracy. We've done a couple of town halls lately, telephone town halls, thousands of American, of Kansans on it. One was a group of senior citizens. One was young adults. 
Their number one concern was the border. Number two is a threat to their constitutional rights, which I find so interesting that senior citizens and young adults both agree that those are two bigger worries than the economy is. So I think that's what we're seeing bubble to the top here, that those are the issues and people are going to get out and vote in November, regardless of the weather. They're going to get out and, and vote in masses, I think, for Donald Trump. And Fox News voter analysis in New Hampshire showed illegal immigration was their number one issue for people there. Now, in Congress, you have a standoff with Democrats on a bill to provide military aid to Israel and Ukraine. You and your fellow Republicans, you are demanding border policy changes be attached to this. The compromise that is in the works, do you feel good that something's coming? Oh, I think we're still a long ways away. And, and by the way, I want to remind your listeners, four times I went to the Senate floor and asked Democrats to do standalone Israel funding. And every time they've shot it down. So my caucus would gladly do standalone Israel funding, no strings attached. Uh, and, and it's been a, just a pretty much uh, skins and shirts situation there. Republicans are for it. Democrats are against it. So Israel divides their caucus. Uh, the border is my number one priority right now. Uh, we have a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to get something across the finish line to secure our borders. Just remind your listeners, even if Donald Trump is the next president, if we have 53 Republican senators and, say, a 20-seat majority on the House, the Democrats will not support any type of legislation to change border policy. And it takes 60 votes on the Senate to get something across the finish line. Now, the irony here is if Joe Biden was serious about it, he has the power to shut the border down right now. I want to be careful we don't hamstring future presidents. So whatever legislation comes out of this, I need to read it once, twice, three times and make sure there's nothing that would hamstring future presidents and something that has a meaningful change. And what in the jumping to the quicker parole. We have not solved the parole issue on, on what this legislation looks like. And to remind your listeners, under Barack Obama, he, he gave parole to about 5,000 people a year, 5,000, but Joe Biden has given parole to 700,000 people a year. Something is wrong there. We have to tighten up uh, the situation, tighten up this law so presidents don't continue to abuse parole. All right, explain parole in this in this yeah. uh, context because we think of it as, you know, prisoners getting out of jail. What what, what does parole do? Yeah, so basically it's a get-out-of-jail-free card that, that the president— what the law says is one person at a time, case by case basis, the president could give humanitarian parole to a person. But he's doing it 10 and 20,000 people at a time. He did it for the Afghanistans after that tragedy when he left there. And, and you know, I kind of agreed with that one, that, you know, in that tragic moment, let's um, we, we've left them in a hard place. We left that we should embrace those people. But now he's bringing over tens and 20 thousands of peoples from countries um, from Central America, uh, I, I, Haiti is one of them, Venezuela perhaps. So he's 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 abusing that power is what I was. I think he's even breaking the law by doing it thousands of people at a time. So basically, just ignoring what rather than calling for asylum, asylum's another you know two million people he's let into here on their own uh, without any type of consequences. But then another one that at one point seven million people he's paroled. Senator, I want to move on to the COVID issue, which is obviously not going away. The virus is still spreading. There are different variants all the time. And you even said in the Senate in recent days that it's become personal for you that one of your relatives has been battling long COVID, correct? 
Right, right. Yeah. So we all know that we, we lost a million Americans to COVID, but now we have 16 million people with long COVID. You know, I'm a physician. I've taken care of thousands of people with viruses. And it looks like there's some type of an autoimmune sequelae after this that affects people's, uh, their, their vascular system, uh, their veins in particular, and inflammation of the veins as well as of the nervous system that creates uh, chronic pain, chronic fatigue, inability to focus, to concentrate, can't sleep. Uh, all those things like a person that has mono, mononucleosis that never goes away. Uh, so I'm very struggled and frustrated that the NIH and CDC has not made any progress on treating long COVID. You know, they keep saying vaccines, 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 but that's probably not going to treat long COVID. I think there are solutions out there. So I'm working very hard with the NIH and doctors across America to bring that information together to see if we can give these 16 million people some hope and some relief. Now, when the virus hit 2020, you were criticized for some of your positions against masks and against vaccine mandates, some insinuating you weren't taking it seriously. Those issues, they still kind of simmer, don't they? The way that the two, two different sides on COVID battle each other over policy? Yeah, yeah. And the interesting thing is, despite being attacked, I think everything I said has been proven to be true. Um, again, I, I just relied on treating thousands of patients with virus, uh, I, I, whether it was uh, HPV or herpes or H1N1, especially pregnant patients with virus. I really thought all along that Fauci's leadership, his direction was wrong. I'll give you, a, for instance, one of the issues was this six foot distancing. I immediately called the CDC and said, send me the study that shows any type of preference to the six foot. They sent, they sent me an article from the 1930s on tuberculosis. They said a person coughing tuberculosis, that that bacterium could, could travel six feet. And I said, well, this, is not, this virus looks nothing like tuberculosis. That's a great big relatively sized bacterium compared to this virus. I, I don't think a six foot is going to matter. I don't think that masks are going to matter, especially if you don't wear them correctly. So I think everything I said was borne out to be true. And now we have Dr. Fauci can't remember a thing he said or where his policies came from. Uh, but over and over, I asked the CDC to show me. Let me read the articles that support any of this. And it was horrible. And they lied to me. Most importantly, the CDC lied to me at the very beginning of this. When I called them in the middle of January and asked them about this virus in China, they led me astray. They, they had implied to the media that they had folks there in Wuhan, China. And I found out they had none, that they were all shelled up. In, in the capital of China, not letting out of their hotel. So they, they lied to me. They deceived the American public. Um, it would have been a whole different story if, if Fauci would have been honest with President Trump and said, look, this is a man-made virus. Uh, it's going to be spread person to person. We need to shut the border down until we develop a vaccine or do what we can do. So the president was given some horrible advice by Dr. Fauci. Yeah, obviously, Dr. Fauci, Dr. Anthony Fauci was a Trump and then Biden COVID advisor. And he's been on a lot of, a lot of scrutiny over COVID origins, which you've referenced about uh, whether it was a lab leak, which is a theory that a lot of people believe, or whether it was man-made, which I mean, uh, some sort of a human, uh, rather, some sort of a natural occurrence where it found its way into humans. But he has spoken to lawmakers in private. There may be something public at some point. What do you want to press him on with COVID's origins? 
Gosh. You know, we, we've, uh, I would encourage people to go to our website, marshall.senate.gov, go to our YouTube. We did an entire timeline of, of the, the history of COVID. We did this, goodness, two years ago. And everything that's coming out of these interviews now and getting more freedom of information releases on emails just confirms what we we're talking about. So, for instance, very recently on emails, we confirmed that EcoHealth uh, actually finished a project that putting a protein spike on the original SARS virus and adding the furin cleavage site, which is what we said, you know, this is the part of the smoking gun that those don't occur in nature exactly like this uh, COVID virus does. So I, I think that... And that allowed you know, it to be transmissible human to human. Is that the idea? Yeah, exactly. So the protein spike, what we did, we developed this in, in our own country. In University of North Carolina, we developed humanized mice. So we put a receptor on the mice lungs that looks just like humanized mice. And then they found this perfect spike, protein spike that fits in there. So that's what makes it more transmissible. It grabs your lung cells very easily. And then the furin cleavage site is what allows it to enter human lung cells and cause all the inflammation and the infection, which is so horrible as well. So, gosh, we'll do something with Dr. Redfield someday, the former CDC director. We're going to do a video uh, and get some of his insight going forward as well. And this is such a complicated story. But, but look, if I was in front of a jury of a civil lawsuit type of thing, I really do think I could convince them that this lab, this virus was made in a laboratory in Wuhan, China and leaked. It was funded with American dollars and we're still funding research over there. Just recently, two weeks ago, I found out that they made a virus, the same type of SARS a virus that doesn't grab lung cells, it grabs brain cells. That's got to be just, it just scares me to death that we're still funding viral gain of function research. We need to shut it all down. More dangerous than nuclear warheads. But we're not going to get a direct answer out of China ever, are we on this? Oh, I don't think so. I think that they've covered up. And more importantly, they've killed all the witnesses. Uh, there's There was DNA lab banks where they were storing all the DNA, the future, the previous sequences that would have traced back the grandfather, the great-grandfather of COVID. So they destroyed all those. One of them was even at the, our own NIH, and our own NIH people destroyed it for some reason. This is back in December of 2019. Uh, the people that were working on the virus and on the vaccine there for COVID in China, a lot of those people have uh, mysteriously died as well. So they killed most of the witnesses to this. Uh, it, it'll be it'll be tough to prove it beyond a shadow of doubt. But I think, again, from a civil lawsuit standpoint, we could prove it. And every week there's more evidence confirming what we were talking about in January of 2020. Senator Roger Marshall, Republican from <laughs> Kansas, is always good to talk to you. Thanks for being back with us. You bet, Dave. It's great to be with you. I hope I didn't drive down too deep, but it's an issue that I'm passionate about. Thanks so much. No, it was great. We really appreciate your time and, and, and you know, getting into a lot of different things today. Thanks so much. All right. Take care. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. And now stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. Listen ad-free on Fox News Podcasts Plus on Apple Podcasts. And Prime members can listen to the show ad-free on Amazon Music. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com. Hey, it's Will Kane, co-host of Fox & Friends Weekend. Join me as I share my thoughts on a wide range of topics, from sports and pop culture to politics and business. The Will Kane Podcast. Subscribe and listen now at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Put the power of over 100 meteorologists and the worldwide resources of Fox in your hands with the Fox Weather Podcast. Precise, personal, powerful. Subscribe and listen now at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.